This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. That sound means it's time to talk about some lifting numbers. Max testing day for Penn State football was yesterday. Uh, Greg Pickle and myself were there. The BWI Daily Edition talking about Penn State's max, te- max testing days and what we took out of that. So, Greg, welcome to the show. How you doing? T. Frank, I was already at the gym this morning. I was pumped up to lift some iron after watching what those guys did yesterday. I, of course, could not even come close to what we saw at the uh, Haluba Hall set up yesterday. But I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. Let's talk some football. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I I was trying to do the math on some of the numbers. And when Nick Singleton was squatting and I was like, OK, so I usually like the most I've ever done is is four plates. And they're like at five or six at this point. So I couldn't even do the math of like right. what they were lifting. It's crazy. Uh, and they were doing it for multiple reps at that weight. So really impressive. Uh, as you mentioned, a makeshift setup there for uh, Penn State that's in Haluba Hall. So a quick update on that. Um, the the construction is ongoing at the weight room, which is a massive expansion going out uh, probably 100, 200 feet, picking up, taking up basically the entire old parking lot that was there. So Penn State is making up a makeshift uh, lifting center in Haluba Hall. So it's a little bit different. You'll see that in the show. Uh, but I thought they did a good job with what they were working with. And it was a it was a good environment for uh, the players to lift. And it felt like a good day overall. Uh, what stood out to you? Let's just get right into it. What stood out to you as far as what new strength coach Chuck Losey said? And then the, your observations of the players lifting on uh, Thursday. Well, I think a couple of things that stood out to me, T. Frank, number one, and this is going to sound cliche because it is, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, This group seemed pretty tight knit. The one that was in there, they work out in waves. So if you're reading some stuff over at Blue White Illustrated or if you're listening to to the rest of this podcast, obviously, and we don't mention a player that you're curious about. It's not because we're ignoring that guy or he didn't do well enough to be mentioned. Not all the roster works out at the same time because, as T. Frank mentioned, uh, it looks a little bit different in there. It's pretty tight uh, in terms of how much space there is in there and so because of that uh, they work out in waves which they typically did anyway but I think it's more condensed now uh, than it was in the past but you know a couple of thoughts obviously the guys were excited when uh, each other were lifting I thought that was notable I think it was cool to see the position groups the ones that were there that I can recall quarterback running back safeties were there offense and defensive linemen uh there was a couple other groups as well but yeah overall you know it was quite clear as you can see in the video here if you're watching us on youtube that uh there's a whole bunch of guys gathered around watching these guys supporting them you can see Jaywan Sider there getting into the action the coaching staff was there pumping guys up I mean it was uh, it's max out week you know they just went through a hellish month and a half ish and now they get to showcase their stuff and then go on for spring break so you know I think the the culmination of all that you can see just kind of the jubilation and happiness with these guys it's not 
only because their teammates succeeded. It's also because uh, this uh, this run here that lays the foundation for spring practice is coming to an end and the pads are about to go back on. So a uh, good day for Penn State. No question about it. They've had some other good days like this doing different uh, lifts and uh, they're coming down the home stretch here. It is spring break time. And before we know it, football will be here in terms of spring practice. Yeah, uh, and it, the first one you saw there was Nick Singleton, who um, I don't know if he set any records, but he was a standout, according to Chuck Losey, this offseason as far as just being stronger than expected. Zane Durant was the other freshman that he mentioned. Uh, the quarterbacks on the flip side from what he said, uh, I think that was a little bit of an illuminating thing for you and me. What did he say about the, the freshman coming in at the quarterback position with Bo Prabula and uh, Drew Aller? Yeah, you know, it, it came off to me, T. Frank, I don't know about you, but it came off to me that, you know, Drew Aller had a little bit of work to do in terms of his technique and the way he lifts and things like that compared to Bo Prabola, who sounds like came in with a pretty good weightlifting background. You know, there was yeah. a part of me, and this is just straight assumption. Chuck Losey did not say this. Nobody has said this. I'm just kind of a gut feeling my first thought when I was listening to that T Frank was I just wonder if there was a little bit of D recruitment going on there. And what I mean by that is <laughs> you, you won't find a nicer, humbler uh, kid than Drew Aller, especially yeah. as a five-star, but just in general, I mean, just a wonderful kid, wonderful attitude. But at the same time, you know, you lose those stars the second you walk in as an early enrollee to Penn State. So my point being with that, T. Frank, is that I just wonder if there was a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, hey, you know, you're no longer the big man on campus. You might be one day. But at any rate, you know, obviously he was happy with Aller and Prabula. That's not not trying to sound negative by saying that those guys worked hard. They were working hard with Christian Bayou. While we were in there, Sean Clifford was off doing some stuff to decide with PJ Mustafer, the veteran yep. lift, so to speak, um, and just kind of gearing up for what lies ahead here as uh, they get ready for spring practice. So, yeah, that was interesting to me, but I thought it was cool how these three, as you can see, again, if you're watching on YouTube, the photo T. Frank just threw up uh, with Christian Bayou, uh, Bo Prabula, and Drew Aller kind of all standing around as Bayou uh, lifts. Very good camaraderie. They were laughing with each other, joking with each other. You know, mm -hmm. I think sometimes, T. Frank, people think that there's going to be this great animosity when new guys come in. And, you know, maybe that is the case in some years at some places. Maybe Penn State's one of them in some years. I don't know. But certainly got the sense that these that's not the case with these three and certainly not with Sean Clifford as well. Yeah, and uh, going back to your point about what Chuck Losey said, one of my thoughts of, you know, the evaluation of these two young quarterbacks in Perbula and Aller was that um, the, the athlete – Prabula is is really underrated and I watched a development in him physically from his junior season to his senior season where he put on a lot of really good weight in his lower body and that's I guess it's not surprising then Chuck Losey brings that up of a guy that was advanced when it comes to his weightlifting and his technique right. and, and with Aller it was all about the the tools and the abilities there but I think you should see that as a good thing for Drew Aller too because he's 200 and some pounds 220 pounds whatever he is right now with a big frame room to grow and he's young in that so those strides are going right. to come I think you could see the ball velocity go up you could see a lot of things happen in a positive sense with Drew Aller with this kind of background and context in his strength areas uh what else you mentioned PJ Mustafer you mentioned Sean Clifford kind of getting in the veteran stuff and 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 you know lifting to the side were there other players that you got to see for the first time that we haven't seen in a while that stood out to you yeah, I mean, it was good news to see Akeem Beeman and Adisa Isaac and PJ Mustafer all there working out. Uh, Isaac and Beeman were working out just like normal, T. Frank, right? I mean, you yep. saw it too. Uh, those guys obviously didn't play last year. Isaac was hurt. Uh, you know, 
Beeman's reason for not being a part of the, the, the playing roster last year is a great guard at state secrets. So we'll never know what exactly <laughs> happened there. Um, but it was good to see those guys back in action. It was good to see them uh, getting around with their teammates. And you could tell there was a lot of uh, – happiness from those two guys to be back with the team back lifting back doing things and they looked great and so did pj mustafer now the question yeah. everyone's going to ask and we have to address it even though it needs to be very clear we don't have specifics but the question everyone's going to ask is well how far along is he will he be back for the fall will he be back for the opener at purdue i mean i don't know what you thought but he was walking around pretty good yeah. uh, however he did have sweatpants on so if there's a brace under there or something like that we wouldn't know yeah um obviously it was never said directly what his issue was it was certainly a lower lower body injury a leg injury at yeah. iowa um which obviously changed that game greatly as penn state fans know and probably don't want to hear about on friday unless they're at happy hour and can forget about <laughs> it in other ways but yeah i mean he looked great he was doing a lot of upper body stuff i'm sure yeah. they have a very specific uh, lower body program for him at this point. But T Frank, my takeaway with him was, you know, just to see him there was great. And I just a hunch, I, I would say he's probably in about as good of a spot as you could hope he yes. would be at this point in time without any specifics, without yep. knowing exactly where he's at. That was my takeaway that you're, you should be very happy that PJ Mustafer was there and was doing things and looked pretty good doing it. Uh, he was doing some lower, lower body lifts as well, which, you know, I was. I was talking to somebody, they're asking me what he was doing, and I was explaining the, the what the lift was specifically, but, you know, not having Good any rehab back. Good thing they asked you and not me. Good thing they <laughs> asked you and not me. That, he was, it, it was, it was, uh, uh, it was a much lighter weight than you would expect for PJ Mustafer, but given the context right. of what we know about the injury, I thought it was a good situation that he was doing some compound lower body lifts and giving you know a good account of himself in that situation. Walking around, as you mentioned, seemed like there wasn't a limp or anything. We're just giving context clues of what we saw from PJ Mustafer, but um, farther ahead than I expected, but still not lifting with the team. And this is a you know talking to Chuck Losey uh, about how players develop this is really the time of the year where the load is lower you're not playing football you're not doing a lot of intense stuff on the field so this is where you can make a lot of strides and in Mustafer's case he's a great athlete he's at the peak of what you would want him to be anyway but not losing all of that stuff I think is the biggest difference in what we're talking about here and what I've been harping on all offseason is if you're not lifting at this point in the year you can't get strong because this is where you do that work. So what PJ Musfer comes back next year, this should inform that, give it some time, give it some uh, latitude, and don't expect him to be, I, I don't expect him to be uh, 100% by the start of the season, by that opener against Purdue. He might be playing, but I, you know, I think it's a fair... Um, it's a fair ability to see what we saw on, on Thursday and give that as a, a reasonably projected timeline. But two of the guys that I was uh, looking at, I think make that a little bit more palatable because I was hanging around the defensive tackles and the defensive ends uh, for a good bit. And uh, two guys, Futorma Mulba and uh, uh, Jordan Vandenberg, were two that Chuck Losey talked about when he talked about guys that have stood out at that position, called them elite in their strength and explosiveness, and they were two of the top performers. I mean, I'm throwing this up here on the YouTube channel. If Fatorma Momoba doesn't make it as a defensive tackle, he can probably be a male fitness model. He is he's huge, right. and uh, these two were two of the top guys that were were uh, in the strength. Uh, and and the, the squat max testing day. Jordan Vandenberg told me he got 585 for five. 
So that's pretty damn good. <laughs> so I think that defensive tackle position, that kind of informs what you should expect at, uh, there going forward. And then when I was just some of my casual observations about some of the guys that we saw, Amin Vanover, and I'll, I'll put it up here so everyone can see it, that looks like that looks like more like a defensive end to me, doesn't it? To you, Greg, or, or do you think that he's still kind of? If you were to give a, a guess of where he's lining up in the spring, just based on how we saw him, what what are your thoughts about that? Because to me, that looks like yeah. a defensive end. I think based on numbers, they'll probably line him up at defensive tackle just for the need angle of it, right? I mean, I think with PJ Mustard for almost certainly not doing anything. In the spring, at least that would be my guess. Why would he? I mean, most veterans won't do anything even if they're healthy So or next to anything. So, I, you know, I think they'll probably have him there to start. I mean, the upper body looks good. The lower body probably he's been working on adding some weight. But, you know, to go back to Malba and uh, and Vandenberg, I think the big question is this. Those two could clearly move a bus uh, either by themselves or together. Yeah. Uh, probably two buses if they did it together. But they quick enough up front to yeah. handle uh, things that don't, if they don't win with strength, right? Right. So that's my big question with both of those guys. Vandenberg, I think we saw some quick quickness from him, but yeah. is there more of it there? Um, certainly, I would say this, uh, to pluck that guy out of Iowa Western and get him on campus last year, man, was that an underrated move by James Franklin and his staff. I mean, he literally looks like a guy who is going to be a part of this rotation this year. And yeah. I think Walba can be too, but it really just comes back for me with him, the quickness aspect of it, and just, you know, the the – I don't want to say fundamentals because that's probably not fair, but just all the things you have to do to be that big and play that position in yeah. the Big Ten, um, it's great to be large. And if you can just get in the way, that's going to help things greatly. But if you're not quick enough to get in the way off the ball, that's where problems pop up. So that's what I'll be curious to watch for with him and those two, really, both of them. Uh, during spring practice. What does that look like now compared to what we saw in 2021? Yeah, uh, I, I feel like I've, because going back to uh, Vandenberg had at least community college film and 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 had a, a right. good bit to watch, I feel like I know more about who he is coming into the season, and he got some good run in the Maryland game and then in the bowl game. I'm fairly confident I know what to expect from him, and I'm expecting big things, as I've said, that I've, I've called it he's going to be my breakout player of 2022 with Mulba, it, it there's much less evidence on film i did see one amazing rep in the bowl game where he basically one hand swatted the center just out of his way uh but you're right when it comes to the breadth of everything of how do you do against different blocking schemes are you quick enough to make sure you hold your gap and and does that strength translate to the field in in you know in movement skills Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And that's one thing that uh, Chuck Losey talked about as far as things that are going to remain consistent at Penn State under him. And this is something that I know a lot of people have asked about. Of They don't think that the Penn State offensive line has been particularly strong over time uh, at Penn State and under under Dwight Galt. And same thing, you could make some cases along the defensive line, although I, I, I don't see it personally. But he yeah. talked about the way they want to build athletes is they want efficiency. And they want guys, no matter who they are, to be lean mass, strong, quick, and be able to run. Because if you can't run, he said, the amount of running you have to do at any position, 
you're just not going to be able to hold up over the course of a season. So that's not going to change. And those guys that we just mentioned, um, I, I think, are lean nose tackle uh, uh, candidates for this offseason. Although Vandenberg, I think, could play at either position. So that is not going to change for Penn State. But uh, I, I thought they looked pretty good overall. Oldafashanu especially looked really good, although I didn't pay as much attention to him and, and his lifting today. Right. Yeah, no, I thought he looked good, too. I you know, I maybe would have thought a little bit bigger upper body, but he's a guy that is, I think, going to win with quickness. And yeah. he looked like a guy who can win with quickness and be just fine physically. So I, I really liked what we saw from him in the bowl game and the Outback Bowl, T. Frank. And I do think that we're going to see uh, more of it as spring practice gets going here. So obviously, Penn State working on its offensive line. Everybody wants to talk about the offensive line. We can never talk about enough enough about the offensive line, or Did maybe we talk about it too much. I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, um, we've talked about it so much. I can't remember if you've brought up Landon Tangwall yet or not. Did you bring that up I, already? I was headed right there. Yep. You gotcha. read my mind. So Landon <laughs> Tangwall just looks like a, an absolute monster. I yep. mean, if that guy is not an all big 10 lineman in 2022, then uh, looks are deceiving. And I'll just probably never do the uh, post max out podcast with you again, because <laughs> I mean, he just looks like an, an absolute tank. And, you know, a lot of Penn State fans have complained about what the offensive linemen look like at times. And they want, yeah. you know, guys who look the part and look like offensive linemen who uh, play at some other schools that have successful offensive lines. I don't know about you, but when I look at some of these guys at the combine and, you know, they're 6'6", 376, and they look like me, uh, who's, who's yeah. not that. They don't look like me. You know, they look like my weight, I guess is what I'm saying. Not, exactly. Certainly not like me. But yeah. um. But yeah, so I mean, he looks like that kind of a guy who just carries it so well. And man, I, I just think the sky is the absolute limit for him. He was such a high impact signing for Penn State. And I think we knew the second he got off the bus at Wisconsin as a true freshman that he was going to be a guy who would be sped along and be on the field sooner than most offensive linemen are. We've heard James Franklin talk about it endlessly two, three years for a lot of these guys, and it's easier to get on the field away from the ball. Well, there's an exception to every rule, T. Frank, and Landon Tangwall is going to be that exception. It, it feels like they've brought in a couple of exceptions, too. Right. Uh, and maybe some of them aren't here yet, but a couple of those guys do seem like they're they're bringing in players that have a higher ceiling in the future, or sorry, a higher floor in the future than they have in the past where, where they don't need three years to develop. Another guy that right. uh, Chuck Losey mentioned, uh, we're going to go back to the defensive line. A lot of movement there, it seems. Zariah Fisher was a guy he pointed out as well, right? Yeah, no, I mean, Zariah Fisher's a guy they're going to have to count on. There's no question yeah. about it. I mean, they need defensive ends. They would love to get a transfer portal one. Yes, I'll just answer that question before it gets asked in the comments or on the board over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Yes, they're hoping to get a defensive end in the transfer portal. Yep. You know, but I'm hoping for a million dollars to show up in my basement. And, you know, <laughs> both of those things have about the same odds at this point in time. So, I mean, you need the guys on the roster to be ready to play. And yep. Zariah Fisher getting a shout out there, I think, was really notable. Um, because I wondered after what we saw in 2021, would he take the next step? I think he has in the weight room. I don't think there's any question about that. So the question now just becomes, does he take it on the field? And yep. can he hold up for four quarters as either a starter or as a reserve? I know Penn State fans think that, you know, at this point, you're going to see Adisa Isaac at one end spot and a transfer portal guy at the other end spot. We'll just have to see. Um, but yeah, you know, as T. Frank flashes through some photos there, there's no question that um, Penn State guys look good and everyone looks good in the weight room, right? But it's always yep. about that next step then on the football field. And that's what comes next for Penn State at this point.
Yeah, and the guy here, Devon Townley Jr., I thought... Um, he looked I heard good. Some, he yeah. looked good, and he, he got some praise from some of his teammates of, uh, I think, maybe lifted over what he was expecting uh, on on Thursday. And, and all these things are a part of the puzzle, just like the shout-outs every day on Twitter are a part of the puzzle, which uh, this morning, uh, a couple of those came out. Nick Singleton, I think, got his first of the offseason. So all of these things are cumulative, and they could mean a lot and could not mean a lot, but I think it is a positive sign for Penn State that I, I'm seeing some of those young defensive tackles emerge. A couple of guys are making them a name for themselves, including freshman Zane Durant, but also two of those guys who are uh, some of the stronger guys on the roster are also possibly factoring into the defensive tackle position. But then a couple of the other guys that we talked about, somebody I highlighted that needed to have a good offseason uh, was was um, Jalen Reed. Sorry, I'm trying to look for the photo. I, I was going to say, it was such a big highlight. We had that. Okay, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. I got you. Jalen yeah, no, Reed awesome was too. another guy yeah. that, that was mentioned as somebody, and he needs to take that step forward physically because he's going to be filling, I believe, that, that boundary role where he's, like Jaquan Brisker and in the box quite a bit. So that's another area where you got to check that box before we move on to spring football. We're going to get you a producer here one of these days, I promise. But no, Chuck <laughs> Losey saying that Jair Brown and Jalen Reed were paired together this offseason. Brilliant move by him and the, and the strength staff. Clearly it paid off. I wrote it yesterday at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. I will be surprised if those two aren't your starting safeties in 2022. Though Keaton Ellis, who also looked pretty good, is going to give them a run for their money. Yep, I think we've probably mentioned everybody on the roster at this point. So let's move on to uh, wrestling because it is the yes. Big Ten tournament this weekend. And of course, Greg Pickle here is our wrestling correspondent. So before we get into that, make sure you follow him at Greg Pickle on Twitter and go to bluewhiteillustrated.com, sign up for just a dollar, get inside access so you can get all the information and you can look, cover get coverage live from Greg this weekend for the Big Ten tournament. So uh, what are we expecting on Saturday? So Penn State goes into this uh, Big Ten tournament looking for its first one of these at the conference level in a couple of years. Obviously, Kale Sanderson and his program train and build up for to win at Nationals, right? So Kale saying on Monday that you can't win at Nationals if you're not at your best at the Big Tens. But, you know, the goal here is to win a team title at Nationals and as many individual titles as possible at Nationals. Obviously, the more guys that succeed at Big Tens and get through to Nationals and get good seeds and whatnot, the better off you're going to be. But at any rate, Penn State goes into this weekend with four top seeds and they have all 10 of their guys slotted within the top 10 of their individual weight pre-seeds. Um, brackets will be finalized sometime Friday night, and then things kick off at 11 a.m. Saturday morning out in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, that's Eastern time. It's 10 a.m. out there, Central time. But, you know, to me, T. Frank, here's the thing. This is going to come down to bonus points, okay? I was going to score a lot of bonus points. Ohio State and some others are going to try and muddy the waters and maybe rise up the rankings themselves. But to me, it's really a Penn State and Iowa duel – or I'm sorry, a Penn State-Iowa race, rather. It's an individual tournament, of course, but a Penn State-Iowa race for the team title. And it's going to come down to a couple of things. Bonus points are going to be a big one. How many bonus points can Penn State's best wrestlers score uh, in the matches early on before they get into some trickier ones potentially later in the tournament where bonus points uh, probably aren't coming and you're probably winning by decision if you win at all. So that's number one. Number two, I think everyone has their eyes on three weight classes. 149, 157, 165. Bo Barlett uh, at 149, Brady Berge at 157, and Creighton Etzel at 165. What do those three wrestlers do? Do they get out of the first and second rounds to the semifinals? Are they immediately in wrestlebacks at the start of session one at, with a loss in round one? You know, those things are key too. Not only for them being able to qualify for nationals, remember that 
believe it's seven in each of those weight classes um, gets an automatic berth to the NCAA tournament from the Big Ten. But it's also for the team race. You need those guys, even if they win three matches, win the first one, let's say lose in the second round, uh, win a first consolation match, and then lose the second consolation match. It sounds silly, but that's the difference between these team title races. Every right. single year, a match that happened at, I don't know, let's just say 1 p.m. on Saturday ends up being the difference in who wins the team race at 7 o'clock Sunday night. I mean, you know, everyone will focus on the tour- the uh, the champions at the end of the tournament and things like that, but it's these little points for advancement and for bonus that you pick up here and there that ultimately, you know, decide how these things play out. And I know some people think Penn State's a prohibitive favorite going into this. I wouldn't disagree with that, but they're going to have to win some very tough matchups in the finals that we're expecting to see to make that a reality. And they've been a lot of close ones before with yeah. guys that have seen each other often. So that's kind of what I'm watching for here. Obviously, I know that what Drew Hildebrand does at 125 will be of interest to fans because he's the new one of the newer guys came in in the spring. And can he beat Nick Siriano from Michigan uh, in a finals match? We're hoping to see on Sunday between those two. But yeah, it is going to be one heck of a tournament. I mean, if you go over to our wrestling room forum, you can see the excitement building. You can see people really looking forward to this because it should be a memorable two days uh, for the Big Ten out in Lincoln. So you you say um, that it's. It's a Penn State and uh, Iowa race to get there for the championship. And you you mentioned a couple of the guys Penn State is going to need a lot out of, or they're, they're going to need something out of more so than just the, the standard base expectations there. Uh, and you even mentioned a couple of the, the uh, matchups, individual matchups that we're looking for. Give us a couple more right. of those that are going to determine either on the high end or on the low end, as you mentioned, to get those support yeah. points to get the championship. Yeah, so, you know, when you look at the potential final matchups, these are assuming most of the seeds hold. You know, you're likely to have Roman Bravo Young and Austin DeSanto. That's a Penn State-Iowa match in the finals at 133. Uh, Nick Lee is almost certain about to uh, match wits, rather, with Jaden Ironman of Iowa. Uh, those two have seen each other quite a bit over the years. That is most likely going to be a finals match between number one and number two. You know, Carter Storacci at 174 is on a crash course to meet Michael Kemmerer of Iowa in the semifinals, which would be, uh, you know, a tricky semi, but he's had his number before, so we'll see. And then from there, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm curious to see what Max Dean does at 197. Uh, he's not necessarily, uh, you know, going to face an Iowa guy, but, you know, will he find a way to get to the finals, which I think he will. And then he'd meet Eric Schultz, presumably from Nebraska. So uh, Schultz is the top seed at 197 pounder. Dean is number two. They did not meet when the two teams wrestled this year because Dean was out of the lineup that day. So looking forward to that. And then in heavyweight, Greg Kirkfleet, you know. No one is giving Gable Stevenson a run for his money in the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament, for that matter. I would be stunned. Injury, illness, uh, famish, uh, I, I don't know. Um, it would have to be some kind of plague of locusts. circumstance. Right, yeah, for anyone to give him a run for their money. But I would love to see where Kirkleet is against him going to nationals if they can meet up and square off uh, in this tournament. So, yeah, all in all, a lot of familiar names for Penn State wrestling fans. And if you're not, be sure to check out the coverage because you'll learn pretty quickly uh, that a lot of these guys wrestle each other quite a bit uh, between the regular season, the Big Ten tournament, and then, of course, NCAAs, which are two weeks from now in Detroit. So looking forward to it, T. Frank, should be a tremendous weekend of wrestling and we'll see how it plays out do you have a prediction you know i know that it's very close you mentioned and you you laid it out pretty well but do you have a prediction on some of where those close bouts do you think they're going to go 
All right, so here we go. I had to pull up my notes here to make sure I don't write something on the site that's different from what I say here. Sometimes I do that, and then I can point to one or the other. I'm just kidding. I th- no, I um, think that's brilliant. I would do that more often. <laughs> well, it's usually not intentional. It's just I forget what I wrote and I'm talking, or vice versa. I say it and then forget it when I write it. Score predictions are one thing that I am very uh, creative on that front. Um, but at any rate, I think Penn State gets champions at well, 133, 141, 174, 184, and 197. But I just wonder if they qualify all 10 NCAAs with automatic uh, bursts. And I'm going to say no. I think they get 9 of 10 through. And mm. I know some people think it's a shoe-in to get 10 of 10. Maybe it is. Uh, some people think it'll be 8 of 10. Perhaps they're right. I think it's 9 of 10. I'm not going to sit here and try and pick and tell you which one of Bo Bartlett, Creighton Etzel, Brady Berge won't get to a point where they automatically qualify. But it's not going to shock me if one of those guys ends up needing a wild card berth to the NCAA tournament, which those will be announced uh, after all the conference tournaments include. So just keep in mind, even if a guy doesn't earn an automatic bid, he can still get the NCAAs. You just need some help basically from the people, the coaches, whoever it is that puts those bids together, NCAA. So time will tell, but if I'm wrong, uh, Penn State's going to be in the driver's seat uh, yet again for the national title because if they get all 10 through to Detroit, uh, they will be a handful for anyone across the country to deal with, let alone the Big Ten teams uh, when that time comes. So busy weekend on TAP, T. Frank. It all starts Saturday morning at 11 a.m. You can watch most of it on Big Ten Network. And if you want to join us again, we're at the wrestling room over at BlueWayIllustrated.com. Greg Pickle with a fire hose of information. Awesome job. Thanks, man. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Uh, And you as well. And to everyone watching, have a great weekend. The NFL Combine is this weekend as well. We didn't touch on that today because obviously we're recording on Friday and this is our basically our weekend podcast. So if you're listening to this, we'll be having wall to wall coverage of that. I'll be giving you uh, analysis and breakdown of how everybody does and what those numbers actually mean, not just giving you the numbers, but giving you the context of how they relate to film and all that stuff. So bluewhiteillustrated.com, great place to sign up for just a dollar. One other thing, and I should have mentioned this at the beginning, because if you're listening here at the end, you're going to listen on Monday anyway. Monday's show is going to be awesome because we have an uncommitted prospect for the class of 2023 coming on the show. That is four-star wide receiver, 159th player in the nation. Rodney Gallagher joins the show. Talked to him earlier this week. That's coming up on Monday. So make sure you subscribe to Blue White Illustrated and you hit the notification button so you don't miss when it comes out because when it comes out, there's a lot of great information. He was awesome, gave some insight that I think is brand new here on the show. So make sure you stay tuned for that. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you.